Good morning, everybody. Today, Bezat Hashem will be learning Daf Dalid in Maseches Yevamos. It's been an emotional week, Andrew. A good era of Shabbos. And we finished Seder Moed, Bezat Hashem. And we began Yevamos and we got crazy with the puppets. And it's been intense. But today's one of those days, Andrew, where I got your back and we're gonna, we're going to dive into Daf Dalid. It's gonna be a classic Daf Yomi. Um, push through. And so, we begin behind the eight ball on the very last line of Gimel, Amud Aleph. I know, I know. Don't give me that look. We got this. The question is, let's go. We talked about the fact that the Mishnah said that there were 15 women. Anytime you have the Mishnah uh, say a number and limitation, you know that they're up to something. They're trying to tell you something. The question is, what are they trying to tell you? So the 15 women do what? They are type of arayos, that if a brother was married to one of those uh, arayos, it was somebody who he's allowed to marry, but then if he passed away with no children, it was an erva to his other brother, and those 15 women would patter all of their tsaros from Yibum. We already talked about that at great lengths. Now, <clears throat> the Gemara wants to know, the uh, and now we turn to Gimel and Beis. So, the, the Mishnah, as you recall, it started with the number 15 and then it said Ve'elu, which is another type of minion because it's a type of phrase that indicates a limited finite number. And so, what are these finite numbers? Says the top of Gimel and Beis, Lim'ute de Rav Uder of Asi. So, a couple of things here. Rashi points out, what is Rav and Rav Asi? We're going to unpack this soon enough next week, God willing, in Daf Yud Aleph. But just know there's a halacha that Rav brings up that a tsar sota is a surah, and Rav Asi is teaching you tsar's islandness. What's going on here? So first of all, a couple of things. The Mishnah cannot be uh, excluding Rav and Rav Asi. The Mishnah is written by Tanaim, and Rav and Rav Asi are a maraim. What we're trying to say here is that they are excluding these concepts that Rav and Rav Asi brought up, which is the islandness and the sota. What is, which one do you want to do first? Islandist or Sota? Let's do Islandist. Why not? Because our Mishnah, by the way, mentions an Islandist. What does our Mishnah say about an Islandist? That if, we're going to say again, if, um, Ruvain married a woman and she, uh, and she is an erva to Shimon, right? That's our classic case. So we said, if that woman were to, uh, even though she's an erva to Shimon, normally if she's an erva and she's healthy and all of that, except for that he died childless, Shimon di- uh, Ruben died childless, so normally she would pater her tsaris. However, if before Ruben died childless, that woman that was the erva to Shimon died or divorced Ruben or became an islandess, we said in any of those cases, so she was out of, out of play. She was out of bounds already, out of the picture by the time Ruben died. And therefore, the other tsaras are all available for Shimon to do Yibumon, right? Because again, even though the woman would have been an erva and pat to them, she was already not in the picture at the time that Ruvain died. Okay. Now, here we have a different case. That's when she became an islandess, the case in the Mishnah. In the case, fascinating. In the case where Ruvain married this islandess to begin with, right? So let's say uh, we have a case where Shimon had a daughter. It turns out that Rahman al-Tsan, it turns out she'd be, she was uh, unable to bear children, let's say. She was an islandess. So she was unable to bear children. And uh, Reuven had Rahmanus on her. He married her knowing that. 
So the fascinating idea is that if that's the case, so what, what is it? So this is the case, the Rav Asi, Tsaras Islandis Asura. Shimayanosu, the Islandis, Visha Cheras, Umes Blobanim, Shtein Pturos. Right? That if he married, again, Ruve married an Islandis to begin with, and then he died childless, she's actually going to what? Pa, uh, Pater. Right? She's going to Pater. Shtein Pturos. That it's the island is, is as if, right, she, she potters them to begin with, okay? So that is, uh, that is amazing. And the sota is asura according to Rav. Saras sota asura. Shimjinsa isho, that is a case of an adulterous woman. And then Rahman al-san, if there's a sota, right, So we're going to unpack in great detail in daf Yud Aleph. Why, why would an islandist be different whether he discovered it during, right, uh, the marriage or whether he married her knowingly that she was an islandist to begin with? We're going to unpack all of this in great detail. Uh, and if you were in yeshiva, you would not get off this daf, perhaps, for months and months. That's what happens in yeshivas when you're, when you're peeling away the layers of lambdas as to what would be the difference here. But be that as it may, right, we have this case of Soto and Islandis. We'll discuss it next week. And those are cases, Rashi just wants you to know, that the Tsaras Sota is in fact Asur. And therefore, the, our Mishnah is saying, right, that you're not going to do, right, um, Yibum on, on those women either. Amazing. So now, now again, the, 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 well, we're gonna to get to it, but they're not, they're not classic ervas to, to Shimon, to Shimon, obviously, right? No, it's not a classic, well, you'll see, I'll, I'll, I'll show you. The Sota has nothing to do, right? It has nothing to do with whether she was an erva. And, and so you'll see. The Ravla Rasi Lem Ute Mai. So the Gemara just wants to ask. The Ravla Rasi Lem Ute Mai, meaning like this, like we said before, Rav and Ravasi are Amorayim. So they have to fit with the Mishnah. So what is the Mishnah trying to exclude according to them? So, so the first thing the Gemara says is that, and again, when the Mishnah says 15, it doesn't mean that it, that it, that it has to agree or disagree. How do I say this? Rav Uravasi, right, they hold that the Tsara, well, one of them holds, Rav holds that the Tsara, oh, I said this so backwards. I almost feel like I have to start over. Honestly. I didn't say it backwards, but uh, I don't love the way I said it. How long was it? It's five minutes that we lost. Um, okay, I'm sorry. I had to screw my head back on my shoulders because, again, Rav and Ravasi are Marayim. And so the Mishnah is... It's not, it's not that they disagree with the Mishnah. They're never going to disagree with the Mishnah. They have to understand the Mishnah in a way, right, that the Mishnah reads straight to them. But the Mishnah doesn't have to, just because the Mishnah is saying it doesn't mean that they disagree with the halacha of Rav and Ravasi. It's just since they hold of their shita, they just need to hold that the Mishnah is excluding something else. That's all I'm trying to say. Okay, so, says the Gemara. So if happens to be, now remember, Rav is the one that says Sarasota, and Ravasi is the one that said Saras Islandis. So what are they trying to exclude according, uh, uh, what is the Mishnah excluding? It's obviously not excluding them. So what else is it excluding? Okay. So says the Gemara. So if they hold, agree with each other, that would mean that both Rav and Ravasi hold that both Saras Islandis and, right, Saras Sota Arasura. 
So, We already talked about the Tsaras Mema Enes. Mema Enes, they, both of these cases, as Rashi points out, and the Mishnah already explained with regards to Mema Enes, these are cases where you would need Chalitza. So again, the Mishnah is vague. The Mishnah just says that these 15 women are Potros Tsarasayim, Vitsaras Tsarasayim. That's all it says. And so we're just saying, what is the Mishnah trying to say when it says 15? That's all we're asking now. So, so again, they might agree or disagree with Rav and Ravasi, but they're not trying to exclude Rav, uh, uh, Rav if, according to Rav and Ravasi, they're not doing that. They're obviously, because Rav and Ravasi have to agree with the Mishnah, so according to them, what it's trying to exclude is these Derabanan, so to speak, cases. These cases where you have to do Chalitza. The Mema'enis we already talked about, that's a woman that was sold off by her, right? Mom, uh, a girl was, uh, a little girl was sold off by her mom or brother, and therefore, we explained already yesterday where it's, she's caught between a rock and a hard place, right? She looks like an erva, but on the other hand, she can, with her mi'un, her refusal of the marriage, she can retroactively become um, not married to him anymore. So therefore, you can't do yibum, but you can't not do yibum, and therefore, you do chalitza. And the machzir gushoso is a case where a man remarried a woman be'iser. Now, you're allowed to remarry a woman, but not if she married somebody else in the interim. So if she married somebody else in the interim, then he brought her back and remarried her be'iser. So again, that woman is going to be aser, uh, technically, to him, and therefore you can't really, you shouldn't really do uh, yibum. But on the other hand, you have to do yibum because it's just an iser lav that he married her with. And therefore, there again, this is another case. All these cases were all unpacked further. But be that as it may, according to Rav and Ravasi, if they hold of each other, so then Islandis and Sota are out of play. And therefore, this, this Machzer Gushasa and Mema Enes are the two cases where as we, Rashi points out, you do chalitza, and those are the cases that the Mishnah is excluding. And then, as the Gemara, then the Gemara goes on to point out, that if just Rav's holding strong with only Sota, but he disagrees, right, with Ravasi in regards to Islandis, and vice versa, so So one would be to exclude, right, right, would say, okay, well, the Mishnah is obviously excluding the case of Ravasi, and Ravasi would say, well, the Mishnah is obviously excluding the case of Rav. And then, <laughs> the Gemara is just doing the math for you. It's like, we have four cases, right? We have Rav, we have Ravasi, Right, we have Rav Sota, we have Ravasi is Islandis, we have the Mema'enis and the Machzir Gushaso, so they just mix and match, right? If they only hold of one, and they don't hold of, if they, if Rav, let's say, don't have no like Ravasi, so then he gets to, um, say that it's excluding Ravasi and either Machzir Gushaso or Mema'enis. It's just a little, again, a little, a little bit interesting, not even that interesting, uh, that the Mema'enis uh, and the Machzer Gushasa are sort of fill-ins here, right? And the reason they'd be more likely to be fill-ins, I assume, is because the Mishnah is really talking about cases where mostly you're not even going to do Yibum, right? And you're not going to, and you're not going to do Chalitza, right? Where, where it's, where it's Usr. And so here, where you're doing Chalitza in the Mamanis and Machzer Gushasa, that's kind of like, uh, it's, it's less likely that that's what the mission is excluding, because it le- fits the pattern of the mission less. Okay. Then the Gemara asks, the Rav or Ravasi listen to Well, like this. If Rav and Ravasi really hold that the, that the halacha is, that a tsara and an islandist are, uh, that, I'm sorry, that a sota and an islandist are poter their tsaras, right? If that's the case, so then let the Mishnah, right, list it. <laughs> After all, if the sota and the islandist are potetzarasam, so the Mishnah should have just included them in their list. Why 
Are we only have 15? We should have 17 women. Says the Gemara, if you should ain't a Batsara Sara. Yeah, I'll explain to you what this means. As we said, and we'll say it again, but we're not going to go through it with puppets. We'll just say it more quickly. The fact that Shimon, right, couldn't marry his, um, couldn't take his own daughter for Yibum, right? Reuben married Shimon's daughter. The fact that Shimon couldn't take his own daughter for Yibum means that also he couldn't do Yibum. Shimon couldn't do Yibum with Reuven's Tsara. And not only that, but if Reuven's Tsara was to do Yibum with Levi, who she's allowed to do Yibum with, um, and then Levi died childless, then Reuven, who previously couldn't do Yibum with that Tsara, right, it still can't do Yibum with for Levi's child. That's what we described is a Tsaras Tsara. A Tsaras Tsara is the woman who was a co-wife with an erva to, to Shimon, right? So Shimon had a daughter, and then anybody who had been a co-wife with that daughter could not, Shimon could not do Yibum with. Even if the co-wife ends up going to Levi. So anybody who had, that co-wife who had been a co-wife with Shimon's daughter is now no longer a co-wife with Shimon's daughter. She's a co-wife with someone else, with his other brother Levi. But because she had once been a co-wife with Shimon's daughter, she, her current co-wives still can't, right, do Yibum with Ruvain. Okay? So, that's the case of Tsar Tsar. Well, all of that only applies to the Arayas mentioned in the 15 women at the first mission of Yavamos. However, if you, if you notice, a Sota and an Islandist would have the same status, Andrew, to Levi as they do to Ruvain. Because, again, because their Isser does not stem from their relationship to Ruvain, right? In the case of, let's say, Ruvain's daughter. So she's an heir to Ruvain. That's why all the Tsaros and Tsaros are saying can't actually, he can't do Yibam with them. But the Tsar, but the Islandist and the Sota, they are, they have the same status to all the brothers. Oh, so therefore a tsara tsara is not applicable to them. Because anyways, if they were to shift to any of the brothers, the, the status would be the same. So because of the fact that that is different, that makes it not eligible to be counted in our Mishnah. Not because the halacha of tsara is different. So that's how, again, Ra and Ravasi, who are Marayim, that's how they read the Mishnah. They say, our din is intact, right? It's true that they would be poter that tsara saying. It's just that the Mishnah doesn't list them because there is no... Uh, concept of Sara Sara when it comes to these two women. And therefore, it doesn't fit in the Mishnah for that reason. Okay. So, I think I explained that well, even though before, I almost passed out. Okay. So now the Gemara asks like this. Here's where we get really crack a Okay. We finished the Mishnah's text. We're good now. Now we want to know, how do we, where do we learn in the Torah that an Erva and the Tzara and the Tzara Sara are all there it finally is. The Pasuk that bases it all, this whole first Mishnah, that a woman, right, cannot, you're not allowed to take her sister. Once you marry a woman, you don't marry her sister to make them rival wives, right? You shouldn't take them to be a tsara. So long as she's alive, right? So, Alea Matal Madlomar, right? This is different than Eshes Ach, by the way, right? Eshes Ach, you can never marry, but an Achos Ishto, right? Your wife's sister, so long as your wife is alive, you cannot marry her. Now, El Achosa Lotikach Litzror, 
That's interesting. You could just say you don't marry her. Aleah ma Talmud Lama. Why did it say the galos ervasa aleah? If you don't have the word aleah in there, it, you, the Pasuk would read clean. What's aleah? Well, guess what? In the Pasuk of Yibum, we said Yivama Yivama Leah. And in this Pasuk where it says you shouldn't marry your wife's sister, it says Aleah, Shomeani, Afilu Ba'achas Mikol Arayas, Amuras Betara, Akasav Medaber. Sounds like it's talking about all the Arayas. So first of all, right, once you say, right, once you say that, uh, that Achos Ishto is uh, representative of all of the Arayas, so then Aleah is also uh, referring to all the Arias, and Namar Kanalea, right here when it's talking about all the Arias as, as, um, right, uh, represented by the wife's sister. So there it says Aleah, and over here by Yibum it says Aleah. So that is the Gezerah Shava. The Gezerah Shava is that the Yibum should not be performed, right, um, even when all right, in other words, normally you would do Yibam, but not when she's an erva. Because at the end, it says that you should not take that woman to be, right, to be your Yavama. So because the word Aleah appears in the context of Yibam, we put it all together, because don't forget, and as we're about to understand very shortly, don't forget, Yibam, and as anyways, and Ashes Achiv, right? So there's some form of error here. So you have to say, All of that embedded in the Pasuk that teaches you you're not allowed to marry your wife's sister is this concept that Lotikach Aleah, even if it's a Yibum case. That's all it's saying, right? So that is how they learn that embedded in that Pasuk of don't marry an erva, it's, uh, it's telling you don't marry an erva Right, even if you happen to fall into this mida or rice of this biblical obligation of yibum, so the gemara but only elahi, but that would only teach you the aishas achiv tzarasim, meaning or any of the arayas tzarasim inayin. How do you know tzarasa? Talmud Lomar leitzror, right? Because the pasuk uses that language. It could have said ishal achosal lo tikach legaloservasa aleah, and you would have known that all the arayas can't can't be married in a case or can't you cannot do yibum on any of the arayas. How would you know that Sarasa? Because it has this funny word Litzror in it. Av Sarasa. Perhaps that would only teach you the din of Sarasa. Saras Sarasa minayin. Talmudoma Litzror velo Latsur. Well, it says the word Litzror. It could have used the word Latsur. We don't really know what either of these words mean, but suffice it to say, really Latsur, I guess, would have also meant to take her as a Tsara, right? That makes sense to turn her into a Tsara. Litzror sounds like more intense and has some sort of limud in it, and that limud is. The limit of tsaras tsaras, and now you know the rest of the story. Where we know that at tsaras tsara, you don't, not, you do not, you cannot take for yibum, right? In that case, so now the gemara says, So we already said that the achos isha represents shararais minayin, shararais. But where do we know that from? So amart ma achos isha miuchedet shehi erva v'chayavim malzon akaras while she got the chatas. So this is a different kind of limud. This is a limud where we kind of say, well, achos isha. Is the case, right? Your wife's sister is the case, but I gotta tell you that it's very similar to the rest of the Arias. Maybe not all of them. How not all of them? As follows. It says, first of all, she's a Nerva, and any one of the Arias, right? If you, uh, you're Chayev on what? Uh, you're Chayev a Kares. There's a, it's a Kares for the Arias. And therefore, as we've just 
uh, learned from the Psukim, you're not allowed to do Yibum. So therefore, So any woman who's going to be an Erva, so if you're going to be Chayev, right, um, Kares, and then if you do it on purpose, and by the way, anything, that, if it's Chayev Kares on purpose, then if you do it, you're going to be Chayev a Chatas, it's also to do the Yibum. How do you do this Yibum Bishogeg? Is an interesting, uh, it's an interesting conundrum, uh, in its own right. But, let, let's leave that, let's leave that for now. It's just, it's, uh, in the meantime, we know that anytime you're Chayev, right, Kares, be, be, uh, on purpose, you're gonna be Chayev on Chatas Bishogeg. Okay. So now, Ve'enli Ela Hain, Tsarosein Minayin. Right, so therefore, over here we know that this has to do with the Arias themselves. But how do we know, right, that all of the tsaras of all of the other Arias are also? So the pasuk, in other words, the pasuk litzror, right, was only in the case of the wife's sister. So how do we know that that litzror also comes on to include all of the tsaras of all the other Arias? So, Amrat, you'll say this again. Ma'achos isha miyuchedet. So again, it's going to be by comparison, basically. That the wife's sister, it, what, what, uh, distinguishes her is that she's an erva, and you're going to be high of cars for having, um, right, for, for being with her on purpose, or you're going to be high of chatas for being with her unintentionally, and asur yavam. And we've already learned, that even in the face of Yibum, that's going to be the case. And we know that her Tzara In other words, comparison. Right? In all of these cases, we're just going to say that whatever is, if it's good enough for the goose, it's good enough for the gander. A terrible application of that statement. But it basically means that the Achos Isha simply is the same as all the other Arayas for all of the Halachas of Yibum, including that of Tzaras and Tzaras Tzara and therein lies the source of our very first line in the Mishnah. Yosha Koach. So now 18 lines up to the bottom of the base. Yachal Shani Marbe Afshesha Rais Khamus Meelu. Shoots our same Asuras. You might say that I'm going to tell you that what, as we mentioned already on the very first day, that let's say um, uh, Shimon and, and Ruvain share a mother. And Ruvain marries the mother. He can't do that. So, so it, it just, what he's saying here is that, how do we know that to limit it to these 15 and not the more Hummer ones? So it's going to be, it's obvious to us that that can't even happen, but the Gemara just spells it out. It says, Yeah, that's the final ingredient. In other words, it has to be a case where Yechayev Karis, right? And, Obviously, if you chayev karis on purpose, then you chayev, right, achatas for doing it, b'shogeg. And it has to be a case where it's asur liyabum. And that's what makes all those 15 cases the same. Now, of course, in those, those 15 cases, Ruvain was allowed to marry them. Like, for example, Ruvain could marry the daughter of Shimon. But Ruvain can't marry, right, his mother. So, that's Yef Shalinaseh. And therefore, those six extra cases where even Ruvain would not be allowed to marry her. So, obviously, that will not fall to Yibum. So that's what the Gemara says. So that's why right? Therefore, in order to qualify to be one of these 15 women, you have to be what? Number one, an erva. It has to be an iser karis. And it has to be one that Ruvain 
could marry, but Shimon could not, right? So it's, for example, Reuven's uh, marrying Shimon's daughter. So there, Reuven's allowed to, Shimon clearly not. So that's called, and then Then the co-wives are going to be Aser. And that obviously excludes the other six more serious Arias, like, for example, their mother. Since, right, Reuven couldn't marry them in the first place, so then when he marries them, it's as if nothing happened. Right, because the Tzara is only going to be from a childless brother. In other words, the Tzara only applies... What this line means is that Tzara only applies in a case of Yibum, right? And this is not a case of Yibum because, after all, he wasn't even really married to, to that woman that was, that was uh, also to her. So now the Bryce has just finished by saying, Azhar Shamanu. So now we know that this is why they have the Isser against uh, taking the Erva, right, in a Yibum situation. That is an Isser. But Onesh Minayin, how do we know that we have the Onesh of taking such a woman. So, for example, if Reuven did take his daughter for Yubim, there's obviously an Onish. What is the punishment? Amakra, kikol, asher yasem, kikol tevos. Tevos. You have to know the whole Pasuk. It says, it's the Pasuk in Vayikra Yerches Chavtes. Kikol asher yasem, kikol tevos ha'ele, v'nichmersu ha'nefashos ha'sos mikervimam. The way we know, that sounds like, that says, tells you it's an Isra Kares. Nichmersu. So once you know that it's an Isra Kares, that's what's going on. That, and, and the fact, and how do you know it? Because it says to'evos, it's a plural, right? So that means that the woman, the man, everyone's chayev, and therefore if you take an erva or her tsara in yibum that you're not supposed to have taken, so that that's a multiple to'evos, and that is an israkaris as evidenced by the pasuk. So six lines up at the bottom of Gilam and base. All of this was precluded on the idea that the pasuk says aleah, and we said, right, uh, and we said that we had a gzeira shava, right? So the question is, huh. let's analyze, and this is where we get into Why would you have thought that, why would you have ever thought that you could do Yibum on an erva? That's crazy. You can't marry an erva. So why should you be allowed to do Yibum on an erva? My timer says the Gemara, the Amri right? Mind you, that's what you do with an Aceus Achiv also, right? When you have an Aceus Achiv, she's supposed to be an erva to you. But Yibum, per force, is a, overrides that. The mitzvah of Yibum overrides the erva of Aceus Achiv. So you might have thought that the mitzvah of Yibum, which is an assay, is going to override the lotz assay of marrying Achos Ishto. Says the Gemara, Amar Darmin and Asi Asei Vedachi Wait, are you really going to say the mitzvah of Yibum is going to doche the achos ishto? Lota say greater. That's only when you have a regular lota say. Lota say sheishmo kares midachi. Are we really going to override lota say with kares of an erva? Really, you're going to marry your your wife's sister? You're going to marry your daughter in, to, in order to perform Yibum? That's crazy. Basu lota say greater minolin dedachi. And by the way, how do we even know that? Right, that we're even going to be doche a regular otase. That's another way of saying, how do we know this concept of ase doche lotase in the first place? So as we finally arrive at Dalai Namadalaf at the intimidating time of 6.04 a.m., we're going to do some directions. Here we go, Andrew. And now all of a sudden we're in Mesechus Menachos. That's the classic case of ase doche lotase. The Pasuk says you can't wear wool and linen together. That's called shatnes. And then it says, next pasuk, kedilim tasselacha, make yourself tzitzis. It sounds, and we're gonna learn, tzitzis can be, uh, even in a case where you're having, right, 
wool and linen. This is what's called smuchim, two consecutive psukim in Sefer Devarim, as we'll see. And those teach you that they are together for a reason. Really, wool and linen and tzitzis, uh don't necessarily, shotness and tzitzis don't necessarily, uh, are not the same halacha. Mind you, there is a parsha of tzitzis that's not in Devarim that we read every day in the Kriyashma. Right, that's in Bamidbar. So why are we saying it here? So as we'll see. Let's see the Gemara. Where do we learn this idea that when you have the Psukim juxtaposed, that it's supposed to teach you something? This is the Pasuk in Tehillim. Right? That any time the Psukim are Smuchim, it's a, it's a, right, a homiletic illusion here. Anytime you have psukim that are smuchin, so then it's be'emes v'yashar, that's coming to teach you something. Put it that way. It's fashioned in truth and uprightness is the actual translation, but it's coming to teach you some eternal truth. And from there we learn that when you have smuchim, they're there for a reason. The psukim are next to each other for a reason, Andrew. Chosminosa is a wild idea. By the way, and it's relevant to us. Let's say a woman falls to Yibum, and this new, this brother, this new brother, right, her previous brother-in-law is disgusting, physically repulsive guy. So, and she says, you know what? Uh-uh. No bueno. So, what do we say? Marry him anyway? No. Ein chosminosa means we don't shut her up. Literally, we don't muzzle her, and we allow her to express her displeasure, which is to say, you say, you know what, Sprinza? You're right. Yibum is a little bridge too far to cross here. We let you do chalitza. In other words, you don't, we don't... She kind of, the, the, the choice to do chalitza is on the man, not the woman. The choice to do chalitza, Andrew thinks, is on the man, because Andrew's a chauvinist. But the fact of the matter is, there's a gzeris akasav, and you're right. The choice to do chalitza, you think, is on the man, but no. This is an actual pasuk in the Torah that teaches you that the woman has the right of refusal. How do you like me now? She can say that I don't want to do... So you're saying, who's the mitzvah on? Well, guess what? It's an institution of Yibum that they both participate in. And she does not have to participate. She can only, only is obligated to participate willingly. If she finds him disgusting, she can ask for chalitza. We do not muzzle our Andrew. Okay? In chosmin o'sash. Women wouldn't like that illusion. But it's a smichas parshas. You're not allowed to muzzle a... Uh, an ox. That's an Isidore Raisa. We learn a lot. This is a lot of clothes. We learn a lot from this Pasuk, but we're not going to learn it all now. You, you're not allowed to muzzle an ox, okay, when he's threshing, because that's like, uh, whatever, right? You're not allowed to do. The Torah says it. it obviously, it's, it's, uh, it's terrible for him. He wants to be able to eat. But be that as it may, the Samichle, and the other, the Pasuk right, right next to it is Kieshu Achim Yachdov. Um, where is that Pasuk? It's the very next Pasuk. The whole sugya of what? Of Yibum. So, right next to, right? The sugya of Yibum. Boom. Ein kofenosa. Right? So, in that context, as Rashi says, how do you like me now? We actually will force, uh, this Mukashchin wasn't, wasn't being so successful in Shiduchim. And here was his chance. He could be married to this woman. She doesn't want to. We force him to do chalitza for her. Wow. Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Yosef adds, this whole idea of juxtaposed psukim, right? Some say, and well, it's not here, it's not the machlokas, but some say that that would apply to any psukim in the Torah. But even if you didn't apply that to any, all the other psukim, here in Devarim, right, we certainly would. Where the parsha of, of uh, Yibam uh, exists, we are always 
Darish Psochim, but Mishnah Torah Darish, right? Mishnah Torah is referring to Sefer Devarim. There are Yehuda Ba'almalo Darish or Mishnah Torah Darish, and that's our explain, and that is our example. A Yehuda generally is not Darish Smuchin in all of the rest of the Torah, but in Devarim he does. So let's, uh, illustrate that. How do we know that Yehuda generally doesn't hold of Smuchin? Detanya, Benazai Omer, there's a price there. This is not in Devarim, this is in Shmos. So in Shmos, it teaches you, right? Coming up. I mean, uh, not coming up. Uh, I only said coming up because it's Parsha Zachar, and in Parsha Zachar, we see that Shaul, uh, he goes to the necromancer. We see the whole idea with Shaul, and he's, uh, and he's, um, accused of this. But anyway, be that as it may, you're not supposed to go to sorcerers. Venemar calls Shochev in Behema Mosimaz. And the very next Pasuk says that you can't do this Isser of bestiality. So what is, what is going to a Mechashifah have to do with bestiality? Samchu Inyan Lo. So there are those who learn, the Tanakama will call it, learns, the, what is the Isser of going to a witch? Well, it's Skila. That's, what is the punishment, I should say? The punishment is Skila, just like the punishment for bestiality. So I'm like, Rabbi Yehuda is nonplussed. You, what, you just cause this guy went to some witch, you're gonna give him Skila? Well, yeah. Because we're Darish Smuchin, and therefore, that's what the Pasuk is trying to teach you. But, no. Rabbi Yehuda does not want to learn it from the juxtaposition of those two psukim in Shmos. Rather, says Rabbi Yehuda, Elo ovi idoni b'chalim No, he learns it from someone else. In other words, he holds it, you get skila, but, right, but he understands it from the Pasuk that teaches you that ov and yidoni get skila. Right? So that, that's in Parsha's Kedoshim. So, in that Parsha, right, Ov and Edoni are like sorcerers. So he says that's what we're learning. Not the Smichas Parshias, but because a witch is really like an Ov and Edoni. And therefore, in context, we understand that you get Skila. Lama Yatsu. And so why are Ov and Edoni, according to Rabbi Yehuda, given special mention in the Psukim and Bechashifa not? Right? In other words, it's the, it's the teacher, it's like the Prat of Klal. It's the teacher, the general Klal, that all of these necromants, all of these, uh, magical people <coughs> get the Skila. Okay. Okay, so that's how we know that Yehuda didn't like the Drishos, the Smichas, uh, Drashos in Shmos. How do we know that he's willing to do so and learn Smuchin in Devarim? So, no say Adam Anusas Ditznan, because we have a Mishnah. This Mishnah, it could, when you, when I teach you the Mishnah now, you'll understand. It can only be in Yavamas. It's going to be later on in Yavamas. No say Adam Anusas Aviv and Fusas Aviv. Wow. A person can marry a woman that had been previously violated by his father. These cases are nuts, but anyways. Anusas b'no mafusas b'no. Or somebody who had been, a woman that had been violated by his son. So, that is a machlokis you'll see in the Mishnah soon enough. Well, in about a hundred days, or a little less, that Rabbi Yehuda says that you're not allowed to marry the woman that was violated by your father or your son. My time with Yehuda, why does he hold so? Well, we already know that, right, the Aishas Aviv is one of the Arias. And then it says, Don't uncover the, the cloth or the robe of your dad. So, Okay, so we learn from that any woman that your father had been with, you're not allowed to be with. Okay, so that's why you shouldn't be with Anusa Saviv, but wait a minute. Uh, was she with him? I mean, she wasn't married to him. She had been violated. So what's going on? Says the Gemara, right? So it says, Knaf Aviv. 
Well, Knaf Aviv could be that she's married. Maybe it only means somebody that your father was married to. How do we know that it was somebody that was violated by him? Right. So that we learn from what? The juxtaposition to the Pasuk before. The previous Pasuk says, Well, guess what? The previous Pasuk is talking about the concept of the violated Nara Murasa. Oh, oh wait a minute. Now this violated woman, and then the next Pasuk Knaf Aviv, right? So must be that, that the Knaf Aviv is referring to the previous Pasuk. And this is Rabbi Yehuda's Shita. So again, the source of Rabbi Yehuda's Shita, that you're not allowed to marry the woman that was violated by your father, is from the Smichos HaPsukim, the juxtaposition of the Psukim, of the woman who was violated to the violation of being with a woman that was with your father. Okay, so that is, that is Rabbi Yehuda's Shita. By the way, how does the Tanakama say that you can marry? So that's what the Gemara wants to ask. For Rabbanan, he have a Samachle. Wait a minute. Kida Ka'amart, uh, the Tanakama also says it's Michas Parshios, right? So then, why do they not hold, why do they hold that, uh, a man can in fact marry a woman that had been violated by his father? So, he says, and then it says afterwards, in other words, you have to look at the Psukim. It says, then, and then it says, In other words, there is an interceding concept. In other words, it's, the psukim are in fact juxtaposed. But conceptually, it's not, not, it's not one concept right up against the other, but there's a concept in between that breaks, according to the Rabbanon, breaks that juxtaposition, and therefore takes it out of context. Right? And then it says, so therefore, what is it trying to teach you? That really, what it's trying to teach you is that there's a iser against cohabiting right with your right father's brother's wife, and then this other second, uh, right? I'm sorry. Yeah, but So he's saying it's referring to a woman who is a shomeris yavam because that's the context and to teach you that there's two iser. Number one, that she's his aunt, and the other that she's yavmas yavmas aviv. And those are the two Yisurim, Belaver, Lover, Shnei Lavin. That is what the Pasuk is teaching you as an aside, according to the Rabbanon. But be that as it may, we heard, we learned now that Rabbi Yehuda holds of Smuchin. Once you hold of Smuchin, meaning Rabbi Yehuda, even though he does not generally hold of Smuchim in Shmos, in Devarim, where the Parsha of Yavamos exists, he holds of Smuchin, and that Smuchin is the source that even in the face of the Asei Dochelosa Asei, right? That that is how you learn that you would need a special limud to teach you that all the arayas are pater, right? Because otherwise you would have thought that even though they're arayas, you should have to take them for yibum. Wow. Now, if Mishnah Torah, my time at the Darish, well, what would be the reason, asks the Gemara, that even, that even Rabbi Huda, who doesn't hold of smuchin in general, does hold of them in, in Devar? What's the reason? So, maybe because it's obvious, right, it, the psukim are written in such a way in Devarim that it's obvious they're screaming for interpretation. Or maybe it's not always obvious, but the fact of the matter is they tend to be redundant. So unlike other, the other psukim in the Torah, which are like, uh, that, which are not, in other words, it's something about the way Devarim is written, the, which the Gemara, uh, refers to as Mishnah Torah, something about the way it's written makes it either obvious and 
screaming for interpretation, or redundant and also screaming for interpretation. For example, if you say it's obvious in context, im kain, right? In other words, the the case here of the father of Kanaf Aviv. So it should have written it in the context of Ayikra with regards to Arias, right? Um, in other words, the parsha of Arias is in Vayikra. So the question is, why does it appear in Devarim, this Knaf Aviv? In other words, I just told you you're not allowed to marry a woman that had been uh, married or had been with your father, right? And that was the question. What Did he have to marry her or could it have been somebody that was violated by her? Well, all of this, you would think, is being learnt out in the Parshios of Arias that we read on Yom Kippur. Well, guess what? It's not. It's in Devarim. It's out of context, right? It's not in the Parshios of Arias in Vayikra. Well, what's it doing here in Devarim? That screams Darshani. So it's asked, because if it's out of context, then it's asking to be interpreted. That's one way of looking as into why Rabbi Yehuda would Darshan these smuchin. So again, Mishnah Torah, according to Rabbi Yehuda, uh, in a very simple sense, is a situation where we're repeating a lot of things that we learned before. And we're repeating them, a lot of them out of context, and therefore when we, when we juxtapose them next to each other, it's for a reason, right? Because everything's like out of context, and so the placement is important. That's one way of saying it. Or, when you look at the Varim, it's Mishnah Torah after all. Some of it is repetitive. Well, every repetition matters. Every word in the Torah matters, obviously. It's just that in the Varim, their placement and their redundancies, you learn the Limudim out of. So, what would be the example here? So it says, Andrew, does not tell you enough? Like, if she was with your dad, then she's off limits. Why do you have to say as we thankfully turn to Daladam and Beis? So you would have already known. Like, what do you care about knaf aviv? What does that even mean? No, it teaches you that you cannot marry your father. So, so it's teaching you the smuchin, right? That even if she was violated, it must be to teach you that not only if she was married to your father, but even if she was violated by your father, you are not allowed to be with her. And therefore, again, it's the repetition. Yeah, or it, so it's one of two things: either the fact that it's out of context in Mishnah Torah, as we said, or the fact that it's repetitive Mishnah Torah. Either way, Rabbi Yehuda is willing to learn smuchin in the context of Devarim, which, by the way, is where we have, have the Psukim of Yevamos. So now let's apply Rabbi Yehuda to the Asei Docholos Asei Tzitzis, shall we? As follows: Vegabi Tzitzis Nami Ibas Eimim Shum Demuchak Vibais Eimim Shum Demufna. Again, we're not yet sure whether it's because it's uh, out of context and screaming for interpretation or repetitive. So let's see. In Tzitzis, it could be one either way. Why? Yeah, Parsha Tzitzis is in Bamidbar also. Uh, and therefore, what's it doing here in Devarim? Why is it here in Devarim? Yeah, so again, the Rabbi Huda is going to say, it's it's there on purpose to teach you Shemuchin, to teach you that even in a case where it's going to be Shatnes, you're allowed to wear Tzitzis. Or maybe because of the repetition. How does that work? Like this. We learned that to wear shatnes. So why? So that was written, what? In Vayikra. It already tells you they are not allowed to wear shatnes. So why in Mishnah Torah, which we refer to Sefer Devarim, do we double down and say again? So Yeah, we're repeating it. Why? Because here in Devarim, it's strategically placed to teach you how shatnes is related to, right, the, um, to the tzitzis. To teach you, um, the asay dochalot asay there. So the Gemara says, wait a minute. Honey, mitzvah Do we need both? 
we, the Gemara is going to object to the second thing. In other words, the out of context we get, right? Why are we bringing this Pasuk outside of Parshia's Titus? That we get. But this repetition, I don't know. We do need it twice, says the Gemara. It's not really repetitive for no reason. Why? If you would have just said, like it does, then, then, Hava Amina called Derech Allah, Asarachmana. But Freelu Mochari Ksus, you would have thought that even if you were a garment seller, and you're your own, right, mannequin, and you drape garments over you, you would have thought that without warmth at all, you, there is still an Isser, uh, of Shadnez, because it's on you, after all, as the Pasuk says, Lo Yala Lecha. Therefore, Kasavachmana, Lo Tilba Shadnez, right? So once you have, Uvega Kalim Shadnez, Lo Yala Lecha, you still need the Lo Tilba, should teach you that no. If you're just draping it on top of yourself, like a mannequin, you're not getting any Hana out of it, you're not gonna be Usser, it needs to be Derech Levisha, says the Gemara, Do me the Levisha, the East Bayana. There has to be some sort of wearing it, um, and where you get some physical benefit, some Hana. However, if, so then you say, okay, so then just write lo tilbash. Why? So then it's the, right, lo yala lecha that's superfluous. No. Because that's the Gemara. Because Rahmana lo tilbash, if it had just said, don't wear it, have a mina dafka levisha dunafishoniyasa. Has to be like really nice and tight around you where you get tons of physical benefit. Avahalalo. But putting on top of yourself like a blanket, which is a little bit less beneficial, then you would not be chayev because Rahmana lo yala lecha. To teach you that, no. For the purpose of your own comfort, right? It's also Asr. What's going on here? In other words, who, who's Asr? You're, you're not allowed to wear it as a poncho or to wrap it around yourself tight. That's it. Uh, but you are allowed to wear it as a mannequin if you're selling it. Okay? But those alachas, in order to have both of those alachas, you need both psukim. Right? That's the point. So it says the Gemara, Im Kain, Lift of Samir Pishtim Lamali. Right, so why do you need this semer pishtim? We know that shotness is semer pishtim. So mechli, let's see. We said that a begot of shotness you can't wear. By the way, in the Torah it says begadim. Which is the echadim? You have to see the Rashi. Straight up in Vayikra, when it's talking about a mitzora, it says. Uh, so we know now that whenever it's talking about clothing, it's referring to wool or linen. So therefore, af called semer pishtim. Anytime it says beged, as it does in shatnes, beged kilaim shatnes, it's referring to wool and linen. Now you know. So therefore, semer pishtim the kavzah chavana lamli. So why does it have to spell out semer pishtim? We know that it is shmami na laf nuye. That is in fact what the redundancy from which you learn. Iva kati itzrich. No, maybe you still need it. It's not going to halai the lo nafishana. Maybe again, this reference of the shot is only referring to when you put it on top of you. Maybe you would have thought, ah, you have the word begging. So typically it means wool and linen. But because of the fact that we have different gradations, right? Different severities of shotness. So maybe when you wrap it tight around you, it could be polyester and polyurethane, and then you'd still be high of kalim. Says the Gemara, Kasav Rahmana, Tzemer That's why you, you have to say Tzemer Upishtim. Ah, so imkain lishto kramine, if you say see shotness, shotness, ma'allah. Maybe you just say shotness both times, and therefore, it is mufna. And that's why we learn that you could use, we have the asay, dochalos asay of tzitzis, in the context of tzemer pishtim. So then the Gemara says, the time of the very shmal, time of the chatz of rechmana, tzemer pishtim. Hai lav hachi kilayim, betzitzis hava amina dasa rechmana. Right? If it weren't for the tzemer pishtim, maybe I would have thought that you could use tzitzis, uh, that, that, that you have an iser kilayim, even with tzitzis. But then it says, do tzitzis. 
on the kanaf of your beggar. And as we already said, when it says beggar, it means semer pishtim. We know that still, even though, Andrew, there is shatnes, still put on the tcheles, and we know that tcheles is amra, we know that tcheles is linen, and even though you're going to violate wool and linen, still you could do it. We might have tcheles amra, and by the way, how do we know that tcheles is linen? I mean, the sheish kitna. Yeah, look at the garments of the kohanim. We know that it's linen. Tcheles amro, because we said in the Pasuk that the Kohanim wore Tcheles Ragaman, right? And Yonah Diyama, because Purim coming up, all of the big De Kahuna that Mordechai wore, and we know that all of those were made out of wool and linen, but all of the aforementioned were made out of wool. So it must be that when it says Tcheles, that must be uh, clearly made out of wool as well. So therefore, why do we need Smuchim? It's Yachsaka Tachatriya Kedarava, Derava Rami, Ksiv HaKanaf, Mina Kanaf, Ksiv Semer Pishtim, so, how case like same repetition poetry, bain bimina bain shalom bimina, shaminum bimina poetry, shalom bimina ain poetry. Therefore, to teach you that when it comes to wool and linen, we can actually mix and match, and that is the source, right, of the concept of asay, dochelos asay, as we will see in Musechas Menachos eventually, and as it pertains back to us, to Yibum, this concept of asay, dochelos asay, we have arrived six lines up to the bottom of Dalad Amadez.